Hey, Merry Christmas. Nice, awesome, awesome. I'm so glad you guys could be here today. And Pastor Frank Bennett, uh, Lake Point Church, uh, love that you guys are, are here today. More importantly, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And uh, just like that, that night when, uh, you know, that day that he was born, uh, it had lots of, uh, you know, issues and that kind of problems. And, you know, that's just how life is. You know, we just have these, these moments where things just, okay, God, what, what's going on? And, and that kind of stuff. And, and Mary and Joseph had those lots of those other questions as well. Well. And so when things happen uh, in our life, when things uh, go not as planned and that kind of stuff, we think, okay, God, are you in this? But you know what? He is in this, and he is here today. How many of y'all believe that he is here? Yes. And how many, uh, here's another question. How many of y'all believe and are expecting God to speak to you today? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word, for your time today. I pray, Father, that you speak uh, through me, not my words, but your words, as we open up your holy word in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, before we get started, just a quick thing. Um, If you want to join us in a fast, prayer and fasting that we are starting January 1st, and so that is uh, uh, Monday, and so it starts on January 1st, ends on the 21st, and um, it's it's, uh, any kind of way you want to fast. There's different types of fast that you can do. We just ask that you you consider fasting, and then also uh, there's a devotional that we had, and you can access all of this. We have a slide here you can show you. you can access all of this by simply going to lakepointonline.com forward slash 21 days. And if you go to that website, either on your phone or your computer or whatever, you can access the, um, the prayer and fasting guide, the devotional, and it gives you some instructions on, on fasting and prayer and all that kind of stuff. We'd love for y'all to join us on that. And um, just as a reminder, we're not meeting here next Sunday, um, taking that week off as we normally do between Christmas and New Year's, and uh, we'll be back here on January 7th. So, we are here at Christmas Eve at the end of a sermon series that we have titled um, Missing Peace. The Missing Peace. And uh, if, you could, if you could picture Christmas like a, a puzzle, okay, you may have seen some of these nativity puzzle pieces of Christmas. And if you have that puzzle, puzzle piece there of Christmas in it, and that scene, and you have one piece that is missing... And that missing piece is at the center of that puzzle. If you just imagine that, just knowing that when you have that missing piece, that centerpiece of your puzzle, you have the missing piece, P-E-A-C-E, of Jesus Christ. And so um, we, we talked about it the last few weeks, how when storms of life will happen, when, when plans change, when we wait for something, when we have to wait for things, sometimes that doesn't bring peace into our lives. But if we keep Jesus as a centerpiece of all of that, he can bring us peace. And so today, tonight's message as we close out, I'm going to introduce another place where peace is often absent. And it's in the dark. It's in the dark. How many of you are afraid of the dark? Okay, adults and kids alike, okay? If you're, if you're afraid of the dark. Now, you may not be afraid of the dark if you have a light, okay? But when things are really, really dark, especially when you're in a place that you have never been before, you're in a room or a location, and, and it's dark. You don't know what's next. You don't know if you should step this way or that way. And so it can get a little scary. And so when it's dark, 
it can, it can sort of suck the peace out of the situation. It's really not peaceful. It's difficult to have peace when you are scared. Now, we could talk about a room that's being dark, but we can also talk about a situation that could be dark in our life or a season that could be dark in our life. Now, this season could be lots of variety of things. It could be uh, marriage issues, family issues, families that are separated. It could be losing a loved one, okay? We have a family in our church who just lost a loved one yesterday, okay? And, 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 and some of you, when Christmas comes around, you're reminded Every year of not having Christmas again without that loved one. I, I feel for you. My mom loved Christmas. She would spoil us like crazy. We didn't have much money, but somehow we found money for Christmas presents. There was a ton of them. She loved Christmas. She loved giving us gifts. She loved us, our eyes wide open, me and my brother, just excited about opening those presents. And this year... In the last couple of years, I haven't been able to have my mom. So I understand. It can, be, it can often be a dark season in your life. But the one thing that can defeat darkness is light. Everybody say light. Light. Just one small flame in a dark situation or a dark room or a dark season, one small flame can help illuminate your way. And it can help dispel the darkness in our life. So the Christmas story is about darkness being interrupted by light. We see this in the Christmas story. It's about darkness and being interrupted by light in many different levels. Literal darkness, but also spiritual darkness. And we see this in the Christmas story, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have several passages of Scripture today. You're welcome to kind of jump around with me a little bit. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 2 for our verse. verse. We're going to have the passages on the screen. But uh, check out what, what this says here when it talks about the wise men, when they notice a new star in the dark sky. It says this in Matthew 2, 1 through 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, or wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now these wise men, or Magi, traveled from the area of, of Persia, which is present area of, of, um, of Iran, and they were on a long journey. Now, why would they go through so much trouble to, to come visit the Christ child, the, the new, this new baby? Why would they do that? And more importantly, why would they say they're coming to worship him? We've come to worship him. Why is that? Well, there's other passages in, 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 in God's word that we can see that in, in the Old Testament as far as prophetic words. And we even see this in, in uh, Numbers, in the book of Numbers 24, 17. It says this, and this is prophetic. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star, everybody say star. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. Another translation says, a ruler will rise out of Israel. Well, that is a king. So the magi who are known, the, these magi and these wise men, they are known for looking at the stars, always looking at the night sky and these stars. Well, they're going to notice a new star. And these wise men, they like to read up on old books. 
just old books, old prophecies of many different cultures. It just feels like makes them wiser. And so when you connect all of that, what they do is they believe a star is a sign for a new ruler or king in Israel based upon what they've read there in Numbers. And with all the things that are happening around them, this new light. And so darkness in Christmas story was interrupted by light. It's much like the beginning of creation when it was dark. And what did God say? Let there be what? Light. Let there be light. But you know, it's interesting. The default, the beginning of it was darkness. The default or the original state is darkness. Okay? The, the default situation is darkness. And we see that at creation, and we also see it in our lives. When we are born, we are born into darkness, which means we are born into sin. Okay? How many of y'all have ever told a lie? Kids, you're, you're confessing right now. Yeah. All right? So we've told a lie. So we, we are born into darkness. That is the default state the natural state of who we are, and even creation. And so we are born in the darkness until God speaks light into us when we invite him, when we choose to invite him as Lord and Savior. But even as Christ followers, our days can quickly default back to darkness. Oh my goodness, I've been in this season many, many times in my walk with Christ. Just because we have Jesus in our life and the light of Christ within us doesn't mean that we don't face darkness because, yes, we do. And just a few moments ago, I was talking, telling you about how I miss my mom. Died unexpectedly. It was, a, it was a day of just darkness, a season of darkness. And so you could be going through a season of darkness, whether you're a Christ follower or not. And some of that could, could be sadness. It could be darkness surrounded by stress or, or anger or frustration, confusion, isolation, doubt, fear. All of those things could be in our darkness. So what do we do about the darkness? What do we do about it? We need peace, and there's no peace in the dark. So... What do we do? Well, if we look at the, what the wise men did, the first thing we need to do is we need to find the light. We need to find the light. We learned this from the wise men. They were looking for and watching for the light. To understand the light, they turned to Scripture. So they noticed the star. What is this? Well, they, then they've got, they had access to Scripture. So they turned to Scripture. And so... Whenever, whenever we are in the dark and we're facing darkness in our life, we need to make sure that we turn to Scripture. We need to find the light of Jesus every day and bring it into our life through conversations, situations, and even decisions. We need to bring that. Just like the wise men, we need to turn to Scripture to find that light. Because our days default to darkness, we need to first turn on the light that is found in God's Word. Okay? God's Word even mentions this. In Psalm 119, 105, it says this, Your Word is a lamp for my feet, and what? A light. Everybody say light. 
a light on my path. So the wise men saw many stars in the sky, but there was only one that appeared that sort of set itself apart from all the others. And this one star was what? Pointing to Jesus. And so just like the wise men, you and I, we could see sort of different lights. Just like they looked up at the night sky, they saw many stars. But there was one that was different. And it was the true light. And just like the wise men, we may look at our darkness and we may try to find a solution. We may try to find a light. And sometimes that light might be a temporary solution, but not the solution. For example, your light could be just to be kinder and a more generous person to help with your darkness. Or your light might be go to marriage counseling and financial counseling to shine through those, that, that darkness. Or your light might be to take care of your health and exercise and eating habits. And those are all good lights, yes. But they're just stars in your night sky. You need the true light that would lead you to Jesus. And you will find that in God's word. Your word is a lamp. It's a light. So not only do we need to find the light, number two, we need to follow the light. We need to follow the light. Like the wise men. Like a moth to a flame, they were drawn to it. They never walked in darkness because the new star they were following was shining the light the whole way. When we decide to follow Jesus, we will have peace because there will be no darkness. There will, we, we will not be afraid of that dark. It will not be complete darkness. Why? Because we have the light of Jesus. We are following that. We are following the light. We... Uh, we see this, Jesus mentions this in John chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If you follow me, you're never going to walk in darkness. And so, just like the wise men, they chose to follow the star, the light we need to choose to follow that light. Finding and looking for the true light is not enough. It's not just finding it, just like the, the wise men. It's one thing if they would have found it, like, oh, wow, look at this star. And they, and they studied it, and, and they even read some scripture, but they didn't follow it. They would have missed out on finding Jesus and searching for him. And that whole journey, they would have missed out. And so it's one thing to find the light, which is Jesus. And the second thing, but it's a whole other thing to, to follow. And that's what Jesus wants us to ultimately do, to follow the light, to follow him. When we do, we will never walk in darkness. What Jesus is saying in this passage, is he's basically saying, look, you're not going to be alone in your journey. You're not going to be alone in your journey. I'm going to be your light. I am going to be your light. What do you do when you're on your journey? When you're on a journey with someone, what do you normally do? You talk. Okay? You talk on your journey. 
whether it's in the car or, or you know, on a, on a hike or a walk, you talk, you communicate. And so when you follow Jesus, when you follow the light, Jesus is there for you to have a conversation with, to have a conversation in prayer, to to build that relationship, not just come to him like a genie in a bottle just to help fix some things in your life. It's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. Like my relationship with my, with my wife was just based upon any time I wanted something to eat, I just go to her and say, this is what I want, and I need it to be on, my, on my, um, the table at this time. And I mean, that wouldn't go too well, right? <laughs> right, guys? And now, now she, she loves to, to serve people. She loves it. And she, she loves to prepare meals and, you know, and, and just make people happy. And that's awesome. But, you know, our relationship goes far beyond that. Okay? We walk together. You know, we, we pray together. We do lots of things together with our family and friends. We do life together. We have conversations together. And so what Jesus is saying is, look, look I, I'm... I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to be with you on your journey. So if it's a journey, bring in a conversation with Jesus. Talk with Jesus. Talk with Christ in prayer. So, how do you know when you're following the light? You say, well, well Pastor Frank, what, is it, what does it kind of mean you say follow this light? How do we know when I'm following the light? Well, the first thing we, I'm going to show you is this. You're not isolated from God and others. You're not isolated from God with others. Look what it says in 1 John 5, 7. I'm not just making this up. This is from God's word. 1 John uh, chapter 1, verse 5 through 7. I know we're going through a lot of scripture. And this is what it says. The, uh, the uh, disciple John says this. This is a message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all our sin. If you are in isolation of God and others, you're not following the light. You're not following the light. That, that passage basically shares right there. And there are seasons when you may want to just kind of do life on your own, be in isolation, and even just kind of put God on the shelf as well. I've been there. I know what, that, I, I know what that's like. I, I'm ashamed to say. But when that happens, we are literally on a pause of our journey. And we are not following the light. So I want to encourage you, bring God in. Don't have isolation between you and God. Don't have isolation between others. You want to make sure that you are incorporating others into your life, God and others. And here's another another way you know you're following the light. You have love for others. Look at what it says in 1 John 2, verses 10 through 11. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light. So there it is. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there's nothing in them to make them stumble. 
Now that is amazing. That is an amazing promise. There's nothing in them that will make them stumble. If you love others. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. Y'all, if, if you're not walking in love to others, if, you're, if, 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 there's still some, if there's some issues, some relationship issues you have, maybe some unforgiveness, maybe some anger you have towards others, you need to deal with that, you and, you and Jesus. And so we want to make sure that we, we are loving God, but also we are loving others. Because when we love others, we know we are on the journey. We are walking in the light as he is in the light. We are on that journey. So the wise men tell us, they, they show us, okay? They show us to find the light, to follow the light. That's what we know so far, okay? To find the light and to follow the light. Finally, and this is my third and last point, is we need to have faith in the light. We need to have faith in the light. We need to put into action what we've been told in the light. For those who are members and regular attenders of Lake Point Church, you've heard me say this a few times. Don't doubt in the dark what God has shown you in the light. Don't doubt in the dark what God has shown you in the light. We see this faith in action with the story of the shepherds on that first night. So if we would, turn to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. One of the, the classic verses of the Christmas story. Amazing. And it says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. A few things about this passage. So the shepherds were told about the birth of Jesus from a bright light. Okay, they're out in the dark, in the fields, open fields, watching their sheep. A bright light. Again, darkness gets interrupted by light. That is the Christmas story. Darkness gets interrupted by light. And so they were told of a sign or evidence that validated or will prove this announcement. Hey, there's born in Bethlehem in the city of David a child. You will find him in a manger. He's going to be wrapped in cloths. And so that is your sign, as if the angels themselves weren't a sign, right? But it was just the announcement. And so they were... When, when the angels share that with them, it's very interesting that the angels did not tell them 
did not command them to go. They weren't told to go. They, didn't, they weren't told to go. And so it was really more of an invitation. It wasn't a command. It was an invitation. Hey, there, there's a new child. The Messiah, the Son of God, is born. You're going to find him. Search for him. Didn't give him an address, okay? Didn't put it in the GPS. You're going to find him. And so you can search for them. And so the invitation, it was an invitation of faith. And here's, here's why it's faith. So like would they find the baby lying in a, in a, in a feeding trough, which is, which is a manger? Is that really going to happen? Or would, would, would the new parents be all right just for dropping in unannounced? You don't, normally don't do that, right? Would, uh, would their sheep be all right being left alone with no one to watch them? That's a big question. Lots of questions naturally would be filling their minds, but they placed their faith in what was told to them in the light, the light of the angels. They placed their faith and put action to their faith on what was told to them in the light. They didn't have to go, but they wanted to experience it, so they put their faith in action. If not, they would never have seen the sign of the child in a manger. Putting feet to our faith with action helps us to see the sign. So what is your sign? What is your sign? If God is, if God is inviting you with his light, if his light is shining on you, whether you're in a, in, in a, in a life of darkness or maybe you're just in a season of darkness. Or, or maybe there's some things going on in your life and it's like you have so many questions. You're confused. You're isolated. You're, all of these things are happening. And God is just saying, look, I've got a light. And that light can point the way. And that light is an invitation. It's an invitation for you to see a sign. What is that sign? Here's the sign. It's new life. It's new life. It's the exact same sign that the, that the shepherds saw. A new life. What God wants you to experience is a new life in the light. He wants you to experience fullness of life. That is your sign. And he wants you to experience that. We read this in John 1, 4, and 5. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. He wants you to have the fullness of life. You experience that when you walk by faith in his light. Just like the shepherds. They had a lot of questions. They did. God has been drawing some of you to his light. Whether you're here, watching, or listening online. I believe God has been drawing some of you to his light. There are things going on in your life. And he's been drawing you. But it takes faith 
for you to step out from where you are, just like the shepherds. It takes faith. You have an invitation. What the angels announced was more of an invitation. It was an invitation to what? Go see. Go see for yourselves. You're going to see new life. Your invitation to light, to experience light, it takes faith for you to step out, to leave where you are, to leave where you are, and to step out in faith and to go see. Go see what new life that he has for you. But, you, but just like the shepherds, you're going to leave something behind. You're going to leave something behind. What did they leave? They left sheep. You're going to need to leave something behind. And you're going to have to trust that it's okay. Some of you, you have an invitation. God has been sharing with you. He's been knocking on your heart's door. Maybe to choose him as Savior for the first time. Or maybe to grow stronger in your faith. Maybe this fast that we're about to do on January 1st, maybe that's your invitation. Hey, to come see what that new life is like. But guess what? You're going to have to give something up. You're going to have to give something up. Some of you could be, there might be a group of friends you might just need to give up. There might be some habits you need to give up. There might be a certain lifestyle you just have to give up. Just like the shepherds, they gave it up. And just trusting God, he's got you. And that he wants you to experience new life. I know you have questions, but Jesus is the answer. I know you have questions, but Jesus is the answer. And so Jesus wants you to have the fullness of life. And so... When we face darkness in our life, when we have darkness in our life, we know that there's a light. And that light is Jesus. But here's the deal. You got to find it. Some of you today, maybe with what I've said today, maybe with the scripture I read, maybe you're like, you know what? Jesus is a light. I found the light. But it takes more than finding it. You gotta follow. You gotta follow it. But you also need to have faith to keep walking that road. Because when you follow, there's gonna be seasons you may wanna give up. I'm sure the wise men on their journey from Persia to Jerusalem, I'm sure it wasn't easy. Maybe they wanted to give up, but they kept on going. The shepherds left behind their life and went to find new life. Are you ready to find new life in Christ? And it just takes a simple prayer to admit that you're a sinner, to believe that Jesus died for you, and to confess him as Lord. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Please help me to live for you. Please come into my life. You can say a prayer right there at your seat or the light is being passed. Or if you have accepted Christ and you're in a season of darkness, say, I need your light. 
I'm going to go to your word. I'm going to go to you in prayer. I'm going to stop being in isolation. I'm going to follow you. So make that commitment to him today.